0: Hey, Queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. So before I really get started into today's topic, I just want to take a second and thank everyone who listened, who left comments, who personally contacted me, who subscribed and shared uh, my first episode. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I am overjoyed and overwhelmed. And it is very encouraging to know that I'm supported and it's really pushing me further as a podcaster and helping me to come out of my shell. So thank you. Let's take a moment to pause, close our eyes, and have a moment of silence for all of those who have been personally victimized by police brutality. What a week it's really been. Initially, my topic for this week had been drafted and outlined since Monday night. I had every intention to record and was so excited to push out this new topic. You would have thought I was dropping like a mixtape on Sunday. And then by Wednesday morning, I felt the world had shattered around me really crumbled around all of us. Yo, not again, was my exact response. Please do not tell me another Black man has been murdered for all of America. And best believe I'm putting emphasis on the three Ks for all of America to watch from the comfort of their homes. A black man was held down in the middle of town like a vicious dog who needed to be taught a lesson, who needed to be embarrassed, who needed to be shown that they did not matter. A black man laid with his face pinned to the concrete with a knee on on his neck, literally crying out for his mother. No, to be exact, crying out for his mama. A black man was lynched this week. In the background, you can hear innocent bystanders walking by. And they're shouting out and pleading with the officer to stop. He is a human being. Stop. He is a human being. I could not watch another second more. I felt like in that moment, I couldn't breathe. As a single black mother raising two black kings, I cannot. It just hurt so bad. I instantly ran to my bathroom, locked the door and I cried. And I didn't do an ugly face cry aloud, I cried in silence because I I didn't want my children to feel such sorrow and despair that I felt to watch this man lose his life, to watch the life be literally stepped out of him. Are you kidding me? What's worse than seeing the video of this crime is the constant reminder on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter on CNN, News 12, Fox News. And then to add just, you know, like salt to an open wound. One of my coworkers during our weekly staff meeting randomly shouts out, Black Lives Matter. And there's awkward silence as if it's a dirty little secret. So with all that happening, I knew I needed to speak up, I needed to speak out, and I needed to speak fast, because essentially this is what this platform is for. Before I truly begin, I would like to disclose now that if at any point this episode is too heavy and just too hard to listen to, please stop and take self-care. All of the clinical terms and statistics stated in this discussion have been researched, have been cited, and are from credible resources, including the DSM-5. There's two points I want to address today. One, the ownership and authority of black and brown bodies throughout American history. And secondly, the serious effects of vicarious trauma. Racially motivated violence against people of color has been this long, drown out song for decades. If you really want to take it back to the beginning, if you were a free man in the late 1800s, you could be kidnapped and essentially brought back into slavery which was perfectly legal. The Jim Crow laws and the whole separate but equal times. Yep, those laws pretty much too. They were created to keep blacks separated on the notion that we are not really valued. We are less than and we are absolutely not a group of people that matter. There's house market discrimination. There is the failing school system, which we know leads to a direct pipeline to the prison system. The list can go on. And these are all examples of legal and socially justifiable ways of keeping the Blacks in a quote-unquote in-their-place mentality i like to go just a little bit deeper and talk about the medical issues. Medically, there has always been a distrust for providers, and this is due to the experimentation of Black and brown bodies in slavery. Doctors would operate on us in the worst conditions without any form of pain medication, and then Send us back to our slave masters with the expectation to get back into the fields, regardless of how tired and physically drained we were. Does that sound familiar now? In our agencies, our companies, our jobs, you know, we could be burned out. doesn't matter. What matters is productivity, not the people. During the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, which started in the 1930s, 600 Black men were essentially used as lab rats. They were not given an, an informed consent. And I know you guys all know what that is. Whenever you go to see a doctor or a provider, they give you a form that lets you know what your rights are and what kind of treatment you're going to receive. This was not done. These men were only promised free medical care and paid funeral expenses in case things went bad or if you died. what should have been just a few weeks of medical trials turned into 60 long years of testing. And really, it's a genocide. The results were horrible, excruciating pain. Some men went blind. Some men went insane. And more than all the men ended up infecting their families. It wasn't until the 1990s when Bill Clinton had to make a public statement apologizing, pretty much saying, um, yeah, we messed up and we messed up pretty bad. It's funny because wasn't this the same Clinton who then needed to make another public apology about the three strike rule, which put many black men in jail for a long time for petty crimes? But again, Black Lives Matter. Think about the long-term and generational effects that have been left on our communities. And then it's, it's the same white supremacists who tell us, pull yourselves up by your, your bootstrap. Well, I mean, we were never really given a boot. I think we were just given some raggedy old shoes and like, figure it out. I say all of this to make this very point. Bigotry, racism, pure evil, it stems from slavery and has given the white man the notion that they have ownership to do as they please with our black and brown bodies. So let's forward to now. In 2019, there were only 27 days in which a person in in the U.S. was not killed at the hands of a police officer. Black people are three times more likely to be killed by an officer despite only making up 13% of the population. Three times more likely to be killed, but we make up 13% of the population. If you think the numbers don't add up, trust me, they do. What they are trying to do is to wipe us from existence. And that is happening through gentrification, through culture, appropri- a culture appropriation, through police brutality, and even through Black-on-Black crime. All these things were orchestrated to keep us down. What happened to George Floyd is a sad, sad, sad reminder of what it's really like to be Black in America. It's horrible that this man's last moments of life are now streaming on YouTube, CNN, everywhere, Apple TV. Click of a button, you can see it. I keep hearing, I'm so glad that they caught it on video, and thank God for cell phones. But at the same time, these videos and these cell phones are giving us a play-by-play of a murder, which can be seen over and over and over again. It literally becomes stuck in our heads. I don't need to watch the video again to remember that George Floyd was calling out for his mama, that you can see the blood running from his nose. I don't need to see the video again to see Ahmaud Arbery literally fighting and punching the air before hitting the pavement. Racism isn't getting worse it's just being filmed and streamed. And you can like a button and someone is is getting paid off that like, by the way. Right now I'm feeling weighed down by the media. It is a hard thought to swallow when you're constantly being reminded Of the negative shit that's happening in the world. Every time that I read a comment. Or see a picture. My chest starts to tighten up. My hands are shaking. My eyes are watering. I myself cannot breathe. If you too are seeing these images. And these videos. Over and over again. And you're feeling similar symptoms that I am. Or you're just feeling a type of way. That is called vicarious trauma. Vicarious trauma is also known as compassion fatigue. And essentially it's the emotional residue of being exposed to a traumatic event. And if you're not really sure what I'm saying, I wanna kind of give you some examples of what these symptoms may look like. These include feelings of grief, anxiety, sadness, Maybe you're having difficulty sleeping. Maybe you're having nightmares. Maybe in your nightmares, you're feeling like you are the person being murdered. You're agitated. You're quick to respond to people. You have no patience. And lastly, maybe you're isolating yourself. And I'm sure you're thinking, well, how can I isolate when I'm social distancing? And I'm hoping that everyone is still practicing social distancing isolation can look like not answering phone calls not responding to text messages being by yourself even when you're in a home full of people what really triggers agitation for me is the increasing amount of white liberals where the hell did y'all come from all of a sudden i'm not saying that these group of people do not genuinely support us but isn't that just another example of them really exerting their white privilege? I'm not saying that these group of people do not genuinely support us, but isn't that just another example of exerting white privilege? Black lives only matter if the white people are are supporting us, are part of the rallies, are throwing up the signs. I find it disheartening to know that there are more posts of rest in peace, Kobe" than rest in peace, George Floyd from my white followers. Really let that sink in real quick. Do our lives only matter when we're entertaining you? When we're playing sports? When we're producing the music? Do you have to teach your children what to say? And how to act once they leave their homes? Do you have to fear that your white husband will be gunned down during a routine traffic stop? Or how about when we used to go shopping at the malls and all the, the stores? Did you ever have to explain to a customer service rep- representative, that oh, you're just browsing and you're not stealing anything. So stop following me around. I highly doubt it. our experience will always be different than theirs. Our outlook on life will always be different than theirs. And this is simply because history was orchestrated to be just that way. I did not ask to be born of this race. But at the same time, I knew from a very young age that my color was unfavorable against my white peers it's so crazy because I remember being in the third or fourth grade. So this is probably age seven and eight. I'm waiting in line, you know, to get my lunch. And these two white boys turn around and one of the boys starts speaking to me. He's like, yo, 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 and throwing up his hands and pulling on his pants. And here I am with my books and my glasses and I'm looking at him like, Are you alluding to the fact that you're a gangster or a rapper? Even still, being a a Black woman or a woman of color, I'm aware that my shade of melanin is lighter than that of my siblings and lighter than that of other people a part of my culture. And I've always felt that our walks of life would be significantly different because at the end of the day, I may get a pass for being a light-skinned Black girl. But don't get me wrong, that is another example of the ownership and authorization of our Black bodies. It is another way to control us and to keep us in a box. But I digress because that's colorism. That's a whole topic for another week and I can go on an entire tangent. So with that being said, I really want to address three ways to minimize vicarious trauma because you really cannot prevent it. It's a normal emotional response to something happening bad. And initially, it is the the beginning steps towards PTSD. Many people believe that in order to have PTSD, that you have to be the person experiencing the problem. But that's not always the case. You can get PTSD from watching a horrible event or from reading about it, or just hearing it too much. And this is what can happen if you continue to dwell on all the negative stuff that is being portrayed of us and what is happening in the media. Understand that our Black skin, for one, is not a weapon. Never has been, never will be. And so this is the part where I would love for my listeners to take some notes. These are the three ways that I encourage you to address your vicarious trauma. One, know your triggers. Not every platform, not every person deserves your attention. So if you need to log off, Sign out, unfollow, turn the TV off, do whatever you have to do, but just know it's okay to take a social media break. Two, create boundaries. It is perfectly fine to tell friends, family, and best believe coworkers I am not in a good state to further discuss this matter. It doesn't mean that you do not care. It doesn't mean that you do not support, but it absolutely means that you are putting your mental health as top priority. And three, respect others. Be mindful of what you're sharing, being mindful of what you're posting, being mindful of how you're commenting. I'm seeing a lot of vicious remarks on social media. And we all need to remember that we are trying to attack the issue. We're not trying to hurt one another. Unfortunately, you know, racism is a dreaded disease. And I think it's far worse than cancer. Racism is a mental virus. And there's no true vaccine. I keep hearing, what can we do to make this stop? This needs to end and this needs to happen. And I find myself rolling my eyes. I'm becoming numb to all of these situations because really, will it ever stop? Will there be a time when America, with the triple Ks, will say, all right, it's enough, we're done? I I don't think so. And I, I challenge all of my listeners after you do, you know, listen to this episode to please go back on my Instagram page, which again is at Crown Thoughts Podcast, and leave a comment or send me a DM and tell me what you think is the solution. Because one, I don't have all the answers. Our president damn sure doesn't have the answer. I think his only remark was, this saddens him and the FBI will be handling the matter whatever that means because he didn't give us no words of comfort. I don't even think he acknowledged who was actually murdered. But I really want to stir up a conversation because change always starts with awareness. When we start talking about it more, when we really truly start deeping, I'm sorry, start diving deep into these conversations, maybe just maybe, and again I'm being hopeful and that's a that's a huge maybe maybe there will be a solution to something. I I don't know. I'm just one person with a platform that's speaking on how I feel about it. But my audience, your opinions, they matter too. And this is not going to be the last event that happens. No, 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 no. I really hope that you guys don't believe that this is going to end. You know, I saw the response, what was happening in in Minneapolis with people rioting, people marching, people protesting. Sadly, there was looting going on and property destruction. But I don't think those are the answers either. There needs to be a change in our, our laws. There needs to be a change in who is screened to be an officer. And really, there needs to be a change within our homes, how we're raising our children, because at the end of the day, and it is cl- cliche to say that, but they are our future and it, it starts with them. We need to change their narrative so that they can have a better future, because frankly, it's not going to stop right here with us. Before I end, I I want to leave this statement for the men you are kings you are important you are special you are rare you are strong you are capable we see you and we love you and we are surrounding you i cannot imagine what it feels like to be a black man in america to go out every day in a world that hates you because of your skin And I I don't even think that they really hate you. They are afraid of you. And then not only that, but you go into these jobs and you work hard. And I'm sure you're not respected. Your white counterparts are probably talking about you behind your back. I don't care if you're working in a blue collar job or working in corporate America. You are still a nigga. And I'm going to say it just like that. And then to come home and let's be frank, ladies, because sometimes we are hard on our men and we yell at them and we tell them what they need to do, what they aren't doing, how it should be done. Our men don't need that. What they need is to be supported. What they need is to be spoken to with love, to be prayed for, to be encouraged, to show that they are appreciated. Oftentimes, we as women feel like the man needs to cater to us. And yes, I do believe that we are queens and we should be held high as such. But our men are are kings as well. And we need to do a better job of loving them before they leave that house every day. I can say that there was a time where I was tough to show love because I didn't want any man to take advantage of me. But frankly, just like the man said in the recording, we are all human beings. We all have dignity and we all should be showed some kind of form of respect until otherwise. And even in that, if you're an officer and you're faced with something that's going on, unless that man is truly coming at you and you feel a real threat, do your job. The way that you were taught, don't take the laws into your hand. See, I was raised that the only person who is truly in charge is God. We have no authority over anyone to take someone's life sent with 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 no which is just, just being senseless. I'm so saddened, I'm so ashamed. I'm tired of seeing the shit on social media. I fear for my children. I'm just like, 2020, what else are you guys going to throw at us? Because we're tired and we're not even at June yet. June 1st is a couple days away. And I'm saying a couple days away because I'm recording this, obviously, before Sunday. But we are just about halfway through the year and I'm already ready. Like, you know what? The year can be done. Let's just get to 2021. And I hope that there will be some kind of change. And if I'm feeling this way, I'm sure there are many other people who are also feeling that way too. And so again, to our Black men, to our Black boys, you are important. You are special. You are rare. We see you. We love you. And that is Black men of all kinds. I don't care if you're transgender, cisgender, If you are a Jewish Black man, if you are a Christian Black man, at the end of the day, you are a man of color. You are a man of honor. And our community, I think we need to do whatever we can to protect one another. That can be by supporting Black businesses. You know the phrase, I'm rooting for anything Black. Wale said that, and I I mean that wholeheartedly. Stop complaining that a business is too high on prices or you don't want to go to the black hairdresser because of blah, blah, blah. We will never be respected from our counterparts until we begin to respect one another within our community. And I know this is kind of going on a tangent, but I feel like this needs to be said also because we're saying our lives matter but we're not truly supporting one another. And I see it in the way that we talk with one another, how we walk over one another, how we don't even turn around to lift up our brother and sister. I, I truly hope that what was said today sticks with someone, that you take something from this And that you share it with someone, not just to big me up, but to really educate someone else out there. So for now, queens, let's lift up our black men. They truly are kings. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. And most importantly, Queens recognize Queens. Chat with you soon.